0: If you're a Christian coach, speaker, or influencer, this is the right place. You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for biblical encouragement, spirit-led wisdom, and practical ideas as you answer God's calling to increase your authority by becoming an author. I'm Nika Maples, and I can help you write your next book so that you can take your business to the next level while advancing the kingdom and transforming people in Jesus' name. This is episode 129, Open Your Eyes to What's in Front of You. The story I'm about to tell is still a bit of a shock to me. I keep going over and over and over the details, trying to figure out how it happened, but I have no explanation other than the Lord just did something supernaturally to teach me a lesson that I would take forward into the rest of my life. So you need to know that a few weeks ago, I went to Orlando, Florida to be a part of a three-day mastermind with my coach. If you are a coach, I highly recommend that you have a coach. You will never be able to coach as well as you should if you are not being coached. You have to be able to receive the very thing that you are giving to others. It's a spiritual principle. When somebody is pouring into you, then you can pour into someone else. So I have a couple of coaches actually, and this one was hosting a mastermind that was specifically around particular aspects of coaching relating to engaging more clients, enrolling more clients, finding a way to serve your clients at the highest level. And because the three days were about learning how to serve more clients at the highest level, it was absolutely fitting that we stay in a high service hotel. I've never stayed at a hotel this nice before, and I'm going to spend two episodes telling about the things that it taught me to be in a high service hotel, because it's going to change the way I treat my clients and how I relate to my clients and how I serve my clients. But the transformation I'm talking about in this first episode wasn't really related to the service. It was related to a story that I was telling myself. Back in 2007, I was named Texas Teacher of the Year, and in that role, I traveled to universities and school districts across the state and even across the country to share messages of hope and inspiration with teachers and administrators. And in that role, at the time, they were asking those of us who served the state of Texas to serve in the role of Texas Teacher of the Year at no cost to the asking organizations. No honorarium, no speaker's fee. Just when you are invited to go, they will pay your lodging and travel fee, and then you just go as often as you can. So I spent a year serving the state of Texas and its educators and administrators in that way. And I'm just going to be honest that there were times where I felt a little bit of resentment creeping in because I wasn't being paid for that service, even though it was a grand acknowledgement and reward to be a state teacher of the year. And that should have been enough. We all know we're human and there are times when there were several travel dates in a row where I would think, I just can't believe that I'm not being paid to leave my home and to be away for such a long amount of time to teach in front of these audiences, And that little bit of resentment is what started a story in my head because when organizations would pay for my travel and they would pay for my lodging, a lot of times they would pay for a hotel room under the state rate. Now, if you've ever stayed in the state rate room, and that's, I guess it's nickname, the state rate room is the worst room in the hotel. You can't have a perfect view, a perfect shaped room in a hotel. I just don't think there there's any way to have a building where every single square inch is so perfect architecturally. There has to be some spot where you're actually looking at a roof, or looking at a wall or looking at scaffolding or looking at massive air conditioners and that room that you know that less than ideal room in the hotel is offered to guests at a at a discount at a state rate so when i was traveling as teacher of the year when you aren't getting paid for your services a lot of times the people who are inviting you don't realize how important it is to pay for services And that's a principle that I may cover on another podcast episode. But when you pay for something, you pay attention at a whole different level. So when they invited me and they knew that it was a a free service, in a way, they I don't know, maybe the asking organizations didn't have enough to afford the regular room, but they would choose the state rate room. So I would, for a year, I was in these rooms that really were less than ideal. I would want to be refreshed by like opening up the windows and taking a look at the outside, and I would be looking at something that was so dismal. And, uh, seriously, I'd be looking at a wall or looking at air conditioners, and that was fine, but I just wanted something to give me inspiration before I went out and gave an audience of teachers inspiration. It seems like an appropriate trade. So I started believing this story that I always get the room with no view. After a year of it, and this was a long time ago, 2007, after a year of having a room with no view, I started believing that I always get the room with no view. Every time I go to a hotel expecting that I might be able to open the curtains and see something interesting. And it doesn't have to be a perfect view, but you know, something inspiring or interesting. And I'm easily pleased by the way, it could just be a few trees. And I would have been happy every time I was looking at something, I just straight down in the parking lot or something that was not beautiful. And we underestimate the power of beauty to enable us to do our jobs better. God created beauty for a reason. Beauty truly does lift our spirits. And when our spirits are lifted by sights, smells, sounds, and tastes that are just beautiful, then we serve and lead better. So when I came to Orlando, Florida a couple of weeks ago for my mastermind meeting, we stayed at the Four Seasons Resort on Walt Disney World property. And as I said, I've never stayed in a hotel this nice. I've certainly never stayed in a Four Seasons. I didn't even know that Four Seasons had a reputation of being the best of the best, the pinnacle of the hospitality industry because of their level of attention to detail and highest level of service. So that is definitely what I experienced. And and in next week's episode, I'm going to share with you 10 life lessons and business lessons that I learned from staying in a Four Seasons. But for now, let's focus on what happened in me. Because I went into the room, it was beautifully taken care of. And the first place I went was to the window. I opened the curtains and what did I see? A building. I said to myself, see, it happened even here. I always get the room with no view. This building was kind of like a restaurant in the hotel. And so I was on the seventh floor and this restaurant may have been on the third or fourth floor, but it was right there in front of me, these towers that were coming off this veranda where it was for dining. I looked at it and looked at it and looked at it in disbelief. I said, even if I want to take a selfie off this balcony, I would have to maneuver into this little sliver of space where maybe a tree is showing. That's how completely disappointed I was when I stood on this balcony and looked at this building. And I actually maneuvered myself to see how I could barely fit in a tree beside my face if I wanted to take a selfie. I'm telling you this to say, this was not a casual glance off the balcony. On Monday, that was my experience. On Tuesday, that was my experience. In fact, on Tuesday, I went on the balcony again because I wanted a chair from the balcony i wanted to be able to sit and prop my feet up and there was no ottoman so i was like i'll just pull in one of those balcony chairs and i sat in the chair and put my feet in the other chair <laughs> from the balcony and again i i was out there i looked around i this was not a casual glance at the view i was totally and completely looking around and seeing only this building then wednesday same thing just the building And then on Wednesday night, very late, I called my mom and I was on the phone with her checking in. And I thought, I'm going to take that chair back outside to the balcony. Because even when housekeeping had taken care of the room, they'd left the chair exactly where I put it. So I said, I don't need this chair in here. So I was going to take it back to the balcony. And when I opened the door, I moved the chair outside. And when I did, I saw Epcot Center. Epcot Center sparkling right in front of my face. Now, it was in the distance. It was on the horizon, but it was very clearly Epcot Center. And then in the night sky, fireworks started going off. Not in one place, but in three places. I guess it was Universal Studios, Epcot, and Magic Kingdom. There was fireworks going off. I thought, what is this? Suddenly, I was seeing for miles a beautiful night sky horizon filled with fireworks and the distinctive shape of Epcot Center with a light show being projected onto it. I couldn't believe it. Suddenly, the building was smaller in my view, and all I could see was this incredible vista that was just breathtaking. I'm telling you, I was so stunned I said to my mother, I've got to hang up the phone right now. I got to think for a second because I kept thinking, what is wrong with me? I know this was not there yesterday or the day before or the day before. How did this happen? All I could see was a building. I was trying to maneuver myself into this corner to get pictures with a tree. That's how little view I thought I had. Where did the building go? (laughs) And then I realized the building didn't go anywhere my eyes opened to what was right in front of me. Now I've never had a spiritual experience. that was quite like that one where I could tell you, I mean, if they did a lie detector test, whatever lie detector tests measure, as far as, you know, your physiology, I would be registering the the absolute truth that I only saw a building in front of my face for three days. And suddenly, it's like scales dropped from my eyes, and I could see this incredible view. Now, the building was still there. It was just a lot lower than I thought it was the days before. And suddenly, I could see, I mean, above the building, above the floor. Like I said, it was only going up to the third or fourth floor, and I was on the seventh. I'm guessing that that's how high it was. And I suddenly could see above it, and there was so much to see. The next morning I got my coffee and I ran out into the balcony with my coffee and I took a phone video of the sunrise, which was phenomenal. This amazing sunrise where you could still see Epcot glittering in the distance. And then these massive, you know, watercolor painting kind of swaths of peach and yellow and, you know, even a deeper kind of rose color is an incredible view and i had missed it 3 days in a row do you do you see this is shocking to me monday tuesday wednesday i had missed the night sky view of fireworks cuz they happened every night it was a disney fireworks so not only was i not seeing them i was also not hearing them i was not hearing the fireworks for the first Two nights that I was there, first three days, two nights that I was there, I saw nothing. I heard nothing. I was completely convinced that there was a wall right in front of me, an immovable building that I could not see around or enjoy anything because of this building. And then training my mind through this mastermind, the teachings, the interactions, the connections with others, I was able to see for the very first time. And I saw this incredible view. So it made me think, I mean, I could hardly sleep that night. My heart was beating so fast. I was breathing in a shallow way. Like I I was like, is this real? How did this happen to me? I know that I didn't see that before now. Well, I want to read to you a verse that immediately came to my mind with this experience. It's from 2 Kings 6 verses 15 through 22. And Elisha is facing an enemy of Israel. He has a servant with him. And you may be familiar with part of this verse, but there's even more to it that I want to continue reading to teach from today. So it reads, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, Elisha answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the prophet prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, This is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, Shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So this entire battle was fought with the eyes Do you see that? That the servant of Elisha the prophet was scared to death when he saw the enemy and the the horses and chariots surrounding them. And all Elisha had had to do was say, Lord, open his eyes so he can see that those who are with us are more than those who are with them. When the servant saw that. He was amazed. He could see the chariots of fire. And then the rest of the verse, and we all are familiar with that part, but then the rest of the verse, Elisha continues to fight this battle through the eyes. And when the enemy gets to him, he says, Lord, strike them blind. Now, they weren't struck blind, so they couldn't see at all. I think that they were just struck blind to what was right in front of them we don't read their comments like, oh, they were wandering around and totally bumping into one another and falling on their swords. And it was a big chaotic mess. No, they were still walking. They thought they could see, but he had closed their eyes spiritually. He'd made them blind to what was right in front of them. And so they were vulnerable When Elisha said, this is not the road and this is not the city. Now it was, it was the road and it was the city that they wanted to be on. But he said, this is not the road and this is not the city. And he sent them to where he wanted them to go and then prayed that their eyes would be open once they got there. And then what? They were treated, these enemies, they were going to slaughter them. The king gives them food and drink and sends them on their way. And that's all that needs to happen to create this total diversion and there is no battle. I had to read that because I think a lot of times we are blind and we don't realize what is right in front of us. Here's another verse that is so powerful. That was from the Old Testament. This is from the New, Ephesians 1, 18 through 21. Paul writes to the church In Ephesus. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. We need to start praying that our eyes would be opened, that our eyes would be opened to what is right in front of us, the incomparably great power and glorious riches that God has already given us, When it comes to any spiritual battle that we may be facing, more are with us than are with them. So let me leave you with a couple of questions to ask yourself, because maybe you're like me and you just thought it was a fact that the story you're telling yourself is just a fact. I was telling myself the story. I always get the room with no view. And I found out in one amazing experience, that story wasn't true. I had an incredible view and I wonder how many views I've had in the past that I didn't acknowledge, that I didn't notice because I was so sold on my story that I always get the room with no view. And I made it true. Our brains make what we believe true so that we can always be right. My brain was making it true that I always get the room with no view, even though I had a view my brain tried to make it true that I was always right. So it blinded me to what was right in front of me. We have to pray that God will open our spiritual eyes. And then also we need to be praying that God will cause blindness, spiritual blindness in our enemies. Let them not get to the destination they hope for. If they have evil plans against the church, against the will of God, then may they be spiritually blind so that they can't even get the outcome they're longing for. May their plans be thwarted and we can give them food and drink and send them on their way. Spiritual blindness is a, is a real thing I've discovered. And there are more verses in the Bible that support that. So let's be praying about the spiritual eyes of those we love and the spiritual eyes of those who seek to do us and the Lord's people harm. So here are three questions that I want you to ask the Lord and ask yourself from this lesson. Number one, what are you not seeing? Now you can't know what you're not seeing, so you're gonna need the Holy Spirit's help. Ask Him, what am I not seeing? Number two, what have you been believing that might not be the whole truth? Again, It's not a question you can answer by yourself, but ask the Holy Spirit. What have I been believing that might not be the whole truth? And number three, what can you say to yourself to remind yourself to open your spiritual eyes? Now, this is something that you can practice on your own. What can you say to yourself to remind yourself to open your spiritual eyes? For me, I enjoyed the view, and I enjoyed the nightly fireworks for the rest of my week in Orlando. It was absolutely a pleasure to experience. And I said, oh, God wanted me to experience this. He knew I wasn't hearing the fireworks or seeing them, and that two nights went by without me even knowing they were there. But He didn't let me go so long that I couldn't have a taste of them, and I got to enjoy them a few more nights. And so I said to myself, I've got to remind myself to open my spiritual eyes by saying, look again, it's right in front of you. When I think there's a wall, when I think I'm not making traction in my business, when I think there's an obstacle, when I think I'm not moving forward with my coaching, I'm not moving forward with my speaking, I'm not moving forward with my book sales, I'm not moving forward with my writing, when I think those things, I say, ah, wait, look again it's right in front of you. I believe now it's usually a case of spiritual blindness, not a real obstacle in my way. The building was there, but it wasn't as high as I thought it was. It wasn't insurmountable. I was able to see around the building. You too can look around your story and see all the glory. Are you subscribed to my YouTube channel yet? I love creating weekly lessons that will bring value and insight to you about your writing, publishing, and book marketing journey. When you listen to my podcast, you learn through your ears. But when you watch my YouTube channel, you learn through your eyes and ears, making double the impact in half the time. See you over on YouTube.